opportunity to share about the ministry that I've recently become involved in. I want to thank all of you for your faithfulness in praying for Pat and myself, especially the past year and a half when I've been unemployed and knocking on so many different doors, none of them opening. And at this rather pivotal, pivotal time, uh, Pete Scalzo, who's about 82 and the founder of the Chaplain Service of Connecticut, uh, was in need of help. I approached him and uh, we met together privately and then with his board and they were thrilled with the proposal I had given him regarding this ministry and how to uh, take it a step further. The Chaplain Service of Connecticut was founded by Pete Scalzo. I said he's about 80 years old. He's a man very well known in the greater Danbury area. He was in charge of Mission Danbury uh, maybe a decade ago. Uh, he has the Chaplain Service of Connecticut, which began in 2008, and I'll explain what that uh, ministry is. He conducts various Bible studies. He uh, has a Christian men's business luncheon every Thursday, first Thursday of the month from noon to one o'clock at Armando's up on Route 6. And probably one of the most amazing ministries is that he sends a group of pastors every year to Israel. He pays for their airfare, hotel, food, the whole nine yards. So he's a man who's had a real love, a real passion for the Lord, and especially to see uh, the Word of God go forth. The ministry that he started in 2008 is called the Chaplain Service of Connecticut. We've trained about 147 people from various churches in the area who are actively involved in a variety of nursing homes, convalescent homes, hospice care, hospital visitation, visiting people who are shut in in their churches. And it's a very, very fruitful ministry. Our vision is to equip Christians to meet the spiritual needs of people in long-term care facilities, whether that's a nursing home or uh, physical rehabilitation, hospice, hospital care. It's our desire to see that men and women from the churches are equipped to do that and are able to carry on that ministry effectively in their churches. Our mission is really to recruit the volunteers from the local churches. We encourage them to adopt a care facility in their community. We train the volunteers to help meet the spiritual needs of the residents in these facilities. We encourage them, show them how through role-playing, training videos that we uh, use, how to share the love of Christ and the word of the Lord with the residents in these care facilities. We also support uh, the Christians who go out and also the ministries and churches that have committed themselves to develop a nursing care program. We want to see more and more Christians involved in the, from the churches in our area going out to the nursing homes, to the convalescent homes, to the hospitals, hospice care, visiting the shut-ins in their churches. We would like to see more and more people uh, visit, become friends, offer a good listening ear, pray for the people that they visit, bring spiritual comfort and encouragement, perhaps lead a Bible study or a chaplain service, but essentially bringing the good news of our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His glorious kingdom. We also work with the activity directors in the nursing homes to try and uh, liaison with them and churches 
introducing a church team to the nursing home and trying to establish the uh, ministry of that church in a particular home. We offer, as I said, training programs. We have a training program that's going to begin on the 15th of March at 2 Stony Hill, uh, the Scalzo Building, lower level. And the program uh, provides tremendous training. I went through the program a few years ago, and we offer uh, teaching videos, role-playing, a lot of discussion and interaction, and what is the culture of the nursing home like? What is it like, not only for the staff, but also for the people? What are the policies and procedures that one needs to be aware of as you go into a nursing home? It's vitally important to be sensitive to the fact that you're going into someone's home. And this is probably the only space that these elderly people have. Everything's been taken away from them. Their family, probably a large portion of their family, has passed away. There was a woman many years ago that I used to visit. She was 108, lived to 110. All of her family was gone. All of her friends were gone. She was very lonely. And so visiting her each week brought comfort and encouragement to her. Very difficult to see people in their hour of vulnerability when uh, they don't look very attractive. Maybe uh, there's drool, certain smells that are very off-putting. But the Lord enables us to go forward into places like that. He provides His grace that we may go there and bring great comfort and encouragement. It's a very interesting fact that the federal government and its regulatory agencies mandates that nursing homes provide religious activities for their residents. But it's very unfortunate. Most activity directors in nursing homes admit that it's very difficult to find churches to provide the spiritual care that the government mandates. And so the Chaplain Service of Connecticut is just one of 20 organizations around the country that is seeking to remedy this situation and to provide training for Christians, encouragement that they might go into uh, this ministry. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Though we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Certainly when you go into a nursing home, you can see people wasting away. Look at ourselves, some of us uh, older folks, we're wasting away, our hair is getting grayer, we're wearing glasses, uh, someday we'll have uh, hearing aids, who knows what else we'll have. But yet inwardly, as Christians, though the outward body is wasting away, we're being renewed daily, and that is a word of hope that we can bring to the people in these nursing homes. Though outwardly, they're fading, yet inwardly, they're growing gloriously in the Lord, and we can comfort them and encourage them in the Lord that uh, there's something better yet to come, something more glorious. And certainly the elderly can be renewed each day through a meaningful relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, and it's our responsibility as Christians to share the Word of God, whether in a nursing home or with our friends at work. And these people in particular, who are often very isolated, need to hear the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our materials are um, very simple. 
We have this fantastic book called Nursing Home Ministry where hidden treasures are found and a nursing manual that we provide for you if you desire to go for the training. It's five weeks. We begin on March 15th, a Saturday, five consecutive Saturdays from 9.30 in the morning until noon. The cost is a whopping $40. We are a nonprofit organization, so we're not making any money on this at all. Our desire is to train people to get the tools and resources in their hands so that they uh, can take up the, the ministry. Now, I have packets if anyone is interested. I have a complete packet with all the materials about our ministry. There's also more material in the back, our newsletter, brochure, and more applications. What I really want to focus on is the question, why go into nursing homes? Why bother at all? And I want to look at a few scriptures to give us a scriptural basis for what we do. In John's Gospel, chapter 4, Verse 35, we read, The Lord is saying to his disciples, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest. In America, there's 3.3 million people in nursing homes. There's about 55,000 nursing homes in America. Every year, 800,000 Americans spend the last six months of their lives in a nursing home. The fields are white unto harvest. The ratio of churches to nursing homes is six to one. And yet there's very little ministry in the nursing homes across America. The fields indeed are white. Our Lord says in Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest, to send out workers into his harvest. Now, true that is. Here in Connecticut, we have over 242 nursing homes, and many of those nursing homes have no ministry at all. The field of opportunity is vast. Right under our own noses, we don't have to go overseas. Then again, we have this great commission in Matthew Chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That we have this great commission. Not all of us are called to the nursing home ministry, but all of us are called to be actively involved in the kingdom of our King proclaiming the glorious gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7, the apostles and elders in the church of Jerusalem were presented, presented with a great need. And their response to that need resulted in advancing the kingdom of God. Listen to what Luke writes in Acts 6, in the first seven verses. And at, that, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. And the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables, but select from among you brethren, 
seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the statement found approval with the whole congregation. And we're told the seven men that they were chosen. And then in verse 6, And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying they laid their hands on them. Verse 7, And the word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. So here in Acts 7, we see a specialized ministry was born in response to a specialized need. There were the needy widows, and they were blessed as the seven men ministered to them. We see that the word of God spread, and many more people turned to Jesus, and the kingdom of God advanced. In those days, during a great movement of the Lord, it was the widows who were being overlooked. In these days, there's still the same tendency in the church to overlook and even shy away from the responsibility of caring for widows and the elderly, particularly those who are confined to long-term care facilities. It's rather unfortunate that this frail population may even at times be considered a burden because they consume resources, time, and energy, and may appear to give little of anything in return. And yet in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 to 25, we read this written by Paul. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And so we too need to have equal concern for those who are frail, who are isolated, who are alone. We cannot be dismissive of these people. The truth is, as the body of Christ, we who are younger and stronger need the older and the frail every bit as much as they need us. The best way for us to realize that we need them is to visit folks in the, the nursing home and see how much they appreciate faithful visits by the people of God. And at time, these hidden treasures will become eternal friends. Often when I go into the nursing home, I've been doing this for many years. When I was a student at Gordon College, there was a nursing home on the way to the college, and I would go there. I would find the people who had no one to visit, and I would go to their rooms every week. And I felt like at the end of the hour or so that I was with them, I came away more blessed. I felt like I was glowing, and infused with the Spirit of God just from visiting. It's amazing how our lives change as a result of interacting with our friends in the senior care centers. And God will use these relationships not only to help them to bring comfort and encouragement, but also to teach us the true meaning of Christ-like love. For in knowing, in serving, and in loving people who are in need, we also come to know and serve and love our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. 
There are people saying to Jesus, when did we see you? When did we minister to you? Well, when you fed me, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me the drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. When you did it for the least of these brothers, you did it for me. That's an amazing thing. Really amazing. We read in Jeremiah 22, verse 16, He defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? To defend the cause of the poor and the needy. James writes in his letter in chapter 1, verse 27, he says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I often get a kick out of those old posters. Thin guy with a beard dressed in red, white, and blue. Uncle Sam needs you. Well, you're needed in the nursing home. The staff needs you. Although nursing homes are required by federal mandate to provide for the spiritual care of their residents, it's the responsibility of Christians and Christian churches to provide that spiritual care. Nursing homes can't do it. The residents need you to be loved, to be shown that they still have a purpose and meaning in life and that there's hope for tomorrow. So many people in nursing homes, they're sick, their bodies are failing them. They feel like they no longer have a purpose. My family doesn't even care. No one shows up to visit. As faithful followers of Jesus Christ, we can bring hope and encouragement to them and point them to the one in whom they can place all their hope and all their trust, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. What a tremendous ministry it is to give hope and encouragement to these elderly people. When I was a pastor in the UK, one day I got a phone call from a man, didn't know him. He apparently belonged to the Church of England. I suppose the rector of the Church of England, who wasn't a believer, didn't respond to this man when he called in his uh, moment of crisis. His wife was dying. She had two weeks to live. She had um, liver cancer. He said, would you come and visit her? I went, visited. I asked her, do you go to church? No. Have you ever been to church? Yes, when I was baptized. Yes, when I was married, and that was it. Wow, okay. What do you know about Jesus? Virtually nothing. So I shared with her the gospel, and her heart was really opened. I said, would you like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're at the finish line. You have, at best, two weeks to live. Where are you going to spend eternity? And so she opened her heart, and we prayed together. And in less than two weeks, she died. But I know she's in heaven with the Lord. So our visitation can have tremendous impact on people. Sometimes it's just a matter of sowing seeds. And someone else will reap what we've sown 
not only does the staff need you, not only do the residents need you, but also the families need you. Family members are greatly comforted and encouraged knowing that someone is spending time with their loved ones and bringing comfort to them and encouragement and sharing the gospel with them. Knowing that there is a person there who is listening and praying and respectfully caring for them. And often, the Lord will use us as a bridge in which he intervenes in a situation where the resident in the nursing home has a strained relationship with a family member, and we see the peace of God and reconciliation occurring between them. That's a marvelous thing to see happen. Not only does the staff and the residents and the family need you, but our Lord needs you as well. It's our Lord's divine plan to do much of his work through disciples. Every person who comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ comes through the efforts of a Christian whom God uses directly or indirectly. The serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords is certainly our responsibility, but it's a great privilege. We are actually the hands and feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are his eyes, his voice. And to be able to comfort these people is an amazing gift that God gives us. Certainly not every individual Christian is called to nursing home ministry, but certainly every church should have a vision to serve at least one long-term care facility in their community. And it's a blessing that Linda and Mike and Ted and some others are visiting Pope John Paul II in Danbury and the village up in uh, Brookfield. See these two ministries going on. Certainly it's the responsibility of the church to provide spiritual care in these facilities. And it's also our responsibility as well. We have an individual responsibility. Whether or not we take up nursing home ministry. In Exodus 20, verse 12, one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and your mother. What does it mean to honor someone? What does it mean to honor the elderly? It means to show them esteem and to revere them, to regard them, respect them, give them recognition, recognize their value and importance and their significance. In our society today, the new 60 is 40. It's amazing how many Guys in their 40s are being ditched by corporate America. If you're in your 70s and 80s and 90s and you're no longer productive, you have virtually no value at all. And so when we go and visit, whether it's our own parents, George taking care of his dad and others probably taking care of your parents, elderly member in your family, we can bring importance and significance to them, reminding them that they are a child of the Lord. They belong to God. They have infinite value. In Exodus 22, verse 22, we are prohibited from afflicting and taking advantage of the widow. In Proverbs 23, 22, it says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Leviticus 19.32 makes it clear that our attitude toward the elderly should be this. You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged. It's not just the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the law, the prophets, and the writings that are saying this. We find the very same thing in the New Testament as well. 
we have a responsibility, whether it's just in our own home, the care of a parent or an older brother or sister. We have a responsibility. It doesn't end there. The church has a responsibility to honor the elderly. We have a local mission field right under our nose here in Newtown, in Danbury, Brookfield, Bethel. There are nursing homes up in New Milford. It's our desire as the chaplain service of Connecticut to enable churches to send out teams into these nursing homes. Again, I want to quote from James. I think he validates this point so powerfully. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. What an amazing call is before the church community. You know, many nursing home residents fear the future. Why do they fear the future? Because they don't know the Good Shepherd. They do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not simply physical food that they're craving. They're not aware that they're craving the bread of life. It's not just a physical thirst they have. There's a spiritual thirst. They may not be aware of it, but they're longing for the living water. And if each church in America would establish only one care team and adopt only one nursing home, the spiritual needs of the residents in every nursing home could be met. As I said earlier, Christian churches outnumber the long-term care facilities six to one. 350,000 churches, 55,000 care facilities with a population of 3.3 million people, and it's growing by the thousands every year. And as I said, every year, over 800,000 Americans will spend the last six months in a nursing home. Clearly, there are many ministry needs in the community in addition to nursing homes. There are many acts of grace and mercy and kindness that we bring. I know that Jesse uh, is quite an evangelist at school, sharing his faith, and many of you are as well at work. I know George does. Ted sharing his faith in the nursing home, and Mike and Linda, and many of you in your own particular your ways. This morning I want to ask, is God calling some of you to join him in meeting the spiritual needs of folks in the nursing homes? I want to emphasize one very important point. We must always remember that Jesus is first calling us to abide in him. He is calling us to an abiding relationship in him. Abiding in Jesus is our primary calling. We're told as we abide in Jesus, he will abide in us. And then we will know God's will, whether or not this is a calling for us to take up or something else. We will also be able to walk and work in his power. My love evaporates quickly. My enthusiasm evaporates quickly. My interests evaporate quickly. I need to be infused with a power that has real staying power, not the power of Richard Moser. Unless I am abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
my love is going to fail, my enthusiasm, all those things will evaporate quickly. Certainly, the nursing home is a field of ministry, a mission field where we can labor. But our fruitfulness, whether in the nursing home or anywhere else, depends on our faithfulness to abide in Jesus. Our fruitfulness depends on our faithfulness. Are we abiding in Jesus? Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So whatever ministry we're involved in, if it's Jericho Project in Danbury, visiting nursing homes, sharing our faith, being a Sunday school teacher, the most important calling that we have is to abide in Jesus. And we have the promise that he will abide in us. The words that we need to speak comfort, whether it's to the elderly or to a friend, the words of wisdom that we need to speak to our students, whatever we need in whatever situation, if we are abiding in the Lord faithfully, he will provide. So is the, call, the Lord calling you to further involvement in a mission field? Nursing home ministry, I ask you to pray carefully. Consider the possibility, especially being trained by the chaplain service of Connecticut, if the Lord is so leading you. Certainly doesn't take many visits to a nursing home to discover that our treasure of time, which is so vitally important to all of us, becomes in God's hand an avenue to eternally treasured friendships. What a great blessing. Again, if you are interested in the ministry, there's information at the back, a newsletter, brochure, applications. I have packets with uh, all the information that we provide for people who are interested. If the Lord is calling you to this ministry, if you could contact me by Tuesday, as our training sessions begin, as I said, on Saturday, March 15th, 9.30 to noon, for five consecutive Saturdays, I would appreciate that so I can be sure I have all the materials I need on hand, the books and manuals. Um, and I trust that uh, the Lord is leading you. Whether it's nursing home doesn't particularly matter that much to me. As what matters to me is that we're all abiding in Christ and we're faithful to him. And that we're doing what God wants us to do in the sphere where he has placed us. That we are faithfully abiding in him, that our lives and our ministries may be truly fruitful. I'd like to leave some time for any uh, questions or comments or insights that uh, you may have from your own time of uh, visiting in nursing homes. Um, I could go on speaking, uh, laying before you a guideline for setting up a nursing home ministry I think it might be good just to, to stop. I've been doing all the speaking, and my voice gets crackly like this. My wife tells me I sound like Kermit the Frog, so uh, I hope my voice hasn't been too much of an uh, annoyance to your ears. But if there are any questions, be very happy to uh, respond to them. Jesse. That's right, 2 Stony Hill Road. The address is on the application 
and also on the brochure. You can call that uh, phone number and uh, you'll hear my lovely Kermit the Frog voice answering or my cell phone number, which I can give you uh, a little later if you're interested. To Stony Hill is very close. It's right off exit 8 when you're heading towards Danbury. It's uh, very close for all of us. Mike. Okay, when we train people, we encourage them initially to have a team of two for visitation, one-on-one -on -one visitation. If there are more people from their church, we've trained uh, at one time probably eight or nine people from one church. And so we train them to do one-on-one -on -one visitation, Bible studies, how to conduct a chapel service. Uh, if they had people who were good singers, unlike myself, uh, we would encourage them to certainly conduct a, a singing ministry that could be part of a chapel service that they might uh, conduct. We encourage them to go every week and to focus on one nursing home rather than trying to uh, visit several nursing homes. When I was a pastor up in uh, New Hartford, Connecticut, I visited about five to seven different nursing homes, and that was once a month. And that's not really effective. To be effective and to really touch the heart of an individual, you need to visit them every week, if you can do that every other week. But uh, we encourage our people who we train to try and visit each week. And, uh, you know, people... I was talking with a fellow yesterday. I was presenting the ministry to um, uh, a gentleman. And he's very shy. He doesn't know what to say. And so I was encouraging him. I'd be happy to go with him. And it's quite simple, really. You go in the room. You notice what's there. And, well... See a picture. Oh, who is that of? And you start a conversation. And pretty soon, as you continue visiting faithfully, the people will open up to you more. We encourage our uh, trainees to pray with the person, be a good listener, to, try, uh, to pray with them, to share scripture. You don't need to prepare a message, you can read right from the scripture. That's the best thing to do, right from the Bible. Or share with them from Our Daily Bread or some other devotional. It's very simple. It's not uh, rocket science in any way. But it's a very powerful and effective ministry. I don't know if I answered your question, Mike, but... Okay. Any other questions or comments? Jesse? You could do that. We encourage them to... People who are tra being trained to come... Uh, occasionally we've had uh, individuals who've missed a session and we work with them to make up uh, that session that they've missed. Um, so if you know that you're going to have some interruptions, uh, it's probably best to wait, but if it's just a one-off, then that's fine. We can work with you. We do this twice a year, uh, in the spring and then in the autumn. Usually around October, we do it for five weeks. Again, it's always a Saturday, same time, 9.30 to noon. And uh, the first 
session is introductory. We have an inspiring word from one of the pastors. We hand out the materials. We explain how the classes will be conducted, and then we give you your homework, which is from the manual and from this book. This is a fantastic book. Even if you don't go into nursing home ministry, it's just brilliant. Um, where hidden treasures are, that's so true of the, the elderly. They are real treasures. So these are two great uh, resources that we give to our people. And then we have training videos. We do a lot of role-playing, a lot of discussion, questions. We teach you the protocol uh, that you need to follow. You know, meet with the activity director, set up a plan uh, with them as to when you're going to visit and what would be appropriate times for you to come and visit. Uh, most nursing homes require that you sign in and sign out who you're going to visit or if you're doing a Bible study or uh, a chaplain uh, chapel program. Uh, so those are things that we, we teach you about. Uh, when you're going and you're visiting uh, someone in a nursing home, you just don't walk right into their, their room. Remember, that's their space. That's the only space they have left. Everything has been pretty much taken away from them. So you knock, and you use their last name, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. May I come in and visit with you? Uh, as Americans, we tend to be very casual and flop down on somebody's bed. That's not a nice thing to do. Again, you need to respect their space and ask them, may I sit down? You know, show some courtesy, very common sense things, and then you go from there. So we teach you all that. It's a great program. There is a, um, I don't know if any of you know St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Brookfield, Father Joe Shepley, a good friend of mine. Uh, they've had over 11 people trained from their church. They have a very active nursing home program. Um, they're training more people in their church. And there's about five or six nursing homes where they have teams going out. So there are some churches that have really taken hold of the vision of trying to reach the elderly population with the gospel, bringing the love and care and comfort of our Lord Jesus Christ and the good news of the, the gospel. There are other stories I could share about people who I've ministered to in nursing homes, heard the word of God, were saved, others who were abandoned by their, their families and just comforted knowing someone was going to come every week, listen to them talk with them, and share the gospel. Any other questions or comments, suggestions? I'll just end with um, one more story. When I was in college, I told you I used to visit a, a nursing home, and there was a young woman who had MS, and her husband left her, her family left her, didn't want anything to do with her. And she was a believer. Through visiting her every week, was able to encourage her in her faith and bring hope and comfort to her. And in time, she became a real spark plug. She found some other Christians in the nursing home and invited them to a Bible study, which she wanted me to, to lead. So you never know what doors will open up? We can encourage the folks in the nursing homes to become missionaries. Often, you know, they're isolated, they stay in their own room, but we can encourage them to have a ministry of prayer and intercession. We can encourage them to visit the folks in the nursing home and do what we do. Be good listeners. 
pray for them. Share the Word of God. If they have uh, a little devotional, daily bread, whatever, just read from that. They, too, can become missionaries. They, too, can have an active ministry in the nursing home. So I will close with that. And again, if you have any questions or comments, insights that you'd like to share, I'll be here after the Sunday school class, after service. The materials are there. I have packets with all the materials that uh, we usually present to individuals and churches about the ministry. Let us just close in prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, I thank you for the the privilege and the great opportunity to share this vision with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, my prayer is that we would truly abide in you moment by moment and day by day, that we would nurture a deep and abiding relationship with you. I pray, O Lord, that you would dredge our hearts from everything that prevents us from loving you with all of our being. Lord God, I pray that you would send us forth this day in your power, with your anointing, to proclaim the good news of our glorious King, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the glory of his kingdom. Lord, I pray that your hand now would be upon Pastor Joey and all those who will be leading the service, that you would guide and direct them, Lord, and may this time be pleasing into your sight, O Lord God. May you be blessed and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your good listening ears.